Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Sarah. Today, we are joined by Anne Louise Hawk, Executive Director of First Slice Pie Cafe. First Slice is all about good food for good people, and as a nonprofit organization, provides high-quality meals to people living on the margins of society. Proceeds from purchases at each of their three locations on the north side of Chicago and one in Evanston go toward providing healthful farm-to-table meals to Chicagoans experiencing homelessness. You can find First Slice here in Andersonville at 5337 North Ashland. Welcome, Anne Louise. Uh, how are you today? I'm great. Great. Well, thanks for being here. And we're going to get into talking about the cafe. But why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself? You did just share before we started recording that you were a radio DJ in college. <laughs> um, but yeah, where, where where do you come from? And what's your background? Where do I come from? So this is my big confession that I am originally from the East Coast. I did a four-year stint in the Midwest for college. My mother thought I was lost forever. Um, and actually, my mom is from Sweden. She was born in Stockholm. So she made big waves with the family back home by telling them it was as if we were living in Stockholm and I was going to university in Northern Africa. She's a little dramatic, my mom. Uh, clearly, the Midwest had uh, gotten a hold of my heart, and I've been here. It'll be 20 years this fall that we've been in Chicago. Wow. And where from the East Coast? Well, uh, the first decade of my life, I was born in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and grew up among the Amish. And then my mom remarried, and we moved to the Washington, D.C. suburbs, which is really where I'm from. So, And what about your background professionally? Did somebody do some Googling about me? <laughs> Maybe. We always Google about our guests. <laughs> I know. So tell me what you found out. Um, that maybe you're a reverend? Uh, it's true. Oh, no. Now one of my best kept secrets is out. You know, everyone in Andersonville knows me as the pie queen. Um, or sometimes I say I'm the high priestess of the pie chapel. Um, but it's true. I am an ordained minister. I am truly the Reverend Anne Louise Hawk. So you can marry people? I can marry people. I have married people. Have you ever chosen not to marry someone? Like um, someone asked you and you were like, hmm. Well, actually, um, this is a really interesting question that has nothing to do with pie. But um, originally... Okay, so I do have to confess that there's another really good thing about the fact that not only am I ordained clergy, but I'm an American Baptist minister. Because, you know, when you look at me and my lesbian lifestyle with my African-American adopted children, the first thing you think is, oh, that looks like a Baptist preacher. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it is interesting, actually. I did... Um, I have some really mixed feelings about marriage, although I did finally break down and my partner and I got married on our 20th anniversary uh, two summers ago. Um, but for a long time, I didn't want to marry people and so, um, or I didn't want to officiate at their weddings. And so I would say to them, um, at the time I was serving a church in Evanston and I said, um, when they came to me and asked me to do their weddings, I would say, um, you know, I would love to lead your religious ceremony, but I won't 
sign your marriage license because I am not willing to give a certain kind of blessing to some couples in our congregation and a different kind of blessing to others. And I was hoping that would get me out of doing people's weddings, <laughs> but it didn't. I have truly loved um, every wedding that I've gotten to officiate. They're really fun. But I also make people do premarital counseling with me. So, What does that look like? <laughs> Is there pie involved? <laughs> um, you know, those two worlds have not cross but you're right if word gets out i bet people would be well now we do sometimes joke right that we could be like your one-stop wedding planning right first slice could do the food you could have your reception in the backspace at the Ander andersonville cafe i could officiate you know we could be like a, we could develop a nice little wedding package deal. absolutely <laughs> do you ever ask the question though like you know what kind of pie that individual likes is there like your go-to pie is like maybe tells a lot about your personality no no <laughs> i'm just saying if one likes apple one likes french silk like maybe they're gonna get divorced well or you know if one likes apple and one likes french silk then like more chocolate for the chocoholic in the family no need to share no fighting over that i'm already signing up for your premarital counseling <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk about the cafe it started 15 years ago as a food subscription service that funded meals at a nearby soup kitchen. Where did it get its name? So First Slice gets its name, um, not from the award-winning pies, but from our commitment to give the First Slice the best cut to folks who are hungry and in need, rather than just giving them whatever's left over at the end of the day. And um, we were founded by a Chicago chef, named Mary Ellen Diaz, who moved away from the area about seven and a half years ago, which is why I came on board at First Slice. Um, but First Slice has super hyper-local roots because we started at Ebenezer Lutheran Church over on Foster, cooking out of their itty-bitty, teeny, tiny kitchen. And how does First Slice's subscriber program work? So... Um, you know, it's funny. First Slice was really ahead of the game when Mary Ellen came up with the subscribe the subscriber program. It's a hard word. Subscriber. I know we were talking just the other day, like maybe we should rebrand it, rename it, see if we can get more attention to it. So with the subscriber program, it actually started because um Mary Ellen, who is this like, you know, trained chef like she studied at Le Cordon Bleu in France she's what I call a fancy pants chef she had these three-star kitchens in Chicago she was actually the chef who opened North Pond in Lincoln Park and when her family grew to include two small children like she couldn't get dinner on the table and she was like oh my gosh if I can't get food on the table in a like timely fashion for my family that now includes two small human beings. Like, how does anyone do this? So, you know, this was back in the day. It was like 2003. It was before Hello, Hello Apron and Blue Fresh and whatever <laughs> they're all called. Um, but the way the subscriber program worked was that people would subscribe. They would sign up. Um, then and now we still put out a new menu every Friday. Um, subscribers get to pick three entrees and then it comes with a set 
list of side dishes and, of course, some pie. Um, but the thing that made First Slice different than all these now modern meal prep play that you're cooking at home programs is that we do all the cooking for you. So folks, um, I actually don't know how they picked up their meals in the beginning. I guess you had to go to the church and pick them up on the weekends. But, um, you know, now you come into the cafe and pick it up and everything's been prepped for you. So like everything's been cooked, frozen, packaged um, into little separate meals. So you take it all home, put it in your freezer, your fridge, and then you play mix and match three nights a week and say like, oh, I think I'm going to have the Amish coco vin tonight. Hmm, what should I have with that? Oh, maybe the buttermilk, mashed potatoes, and the mm, oven-roasted green beans with Michigan sour cherries and shallot butter. They're so good. Um, And so you just like pull those three things from the freezer. You pop them in the oven. You go, I don't know, binge watch something, pick up your kid from soccer practice, send a couple of work emails, walk the dog, and then bing, you have this yummy meal that you really didn't have to do anything for. And about how many subscribers do you have currently? Currently, um, we have about maybe around 75 households total in the subscriber program. We were going to ask you about your menu and the food because it's called First Slice, <laughs> which you just described so much, like beautifully. My mouth is watering, but yeah. um, it's called First Slice Pie Cafe, but there's so much more than pie. Like you have this huge menu. There of... is so much more than pie. Yeah. It's true. Is and... there a most popular pie though? Oh. Well, if you ask Food and Wine Magazine, this is the one braggy thing I like to do about First Slice. If you ask them, they'll say that our traditional apple pie is one of the top 25 apple pies in the country. Yeah, we put that right on the front of the webpage, I admit. Um, so, I mean, our apple pie, it is really good. It is really popular. The Michigan sour cherry is also like a fabulous pie. Um, we have this one woman who like every year orders like five of them at Thanksgiving and in all different sizes. And for the longest time, I was like, this has to just be a mistake on our part. Like surely we recorded this order incorrectly. And like one year I met her and she's like, oh no. She said, my grandma used to make an amazing cherry pie. No one has ever been able to make cherry pie like grandma. And one year I brought one of your pies home for Thanksgiving and everyone loved it. She's like, so now I have to bring everyone their own cherry pie when I go home for Thanksgiving. And it's like having grandma there. It's pretty sweet. That's really sweet. So First Slice feeds about 700 people a week through its partnerships, plus those in need who visit the cafe daily seeking a meal. Can you speak more about food insecurity, what that means, and what people can do to help? Hmm. Whew. Okay, how much time do we have for this podcast? As long an as hour? Need. Great. As as Let's talk about food insecurity for an hour. Well, I mean, ever since the beginning, First Slice has really intentionally built partnerships with very local nonprofits to give back to the community. Because one of the things that we want to highlight is that there are people in need you know, two doors down from you. Like, you know, you don't have to travel to the far south side of the city. You don't have to travel to a foreign country. I mean, food insecurity is a tremendous problem 
in our city and in our country as a whole. So, um, you know, another issue is that, um, you know, places that are running soup kitchens or running feeding programs or even, um, you know, to some extent, the kinds of food donations that are given out through food pantries, the quality of food tends to be really poor, like stuff is really processed, it's often really starchy, really salty. Um, and part of that is because like a really starchy, fatty meal makes you feel fuller faster and you can kind of like stretch your money a little further. You know, if you're poor and trying to feed your family or if you're, you know, trying to feed 100 people on a shoestring budget. So um, the commitment at First Slice since the very beginning has been to provide folks in need with really good food because, um, you know, actually it happened at Ebenezer that Mary Ellen was volunteering there when she was home on maternity leave, you know, and here she was, this like, you know, fancy chef who cooked for people at North Pond. I mean, I don't know about you. I've never eaten at North Pond. I've never eaten there. Yeah. For the record, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would like to eat there. It's on my list, but... um you know, that's a couple hundred dollar dinner right there. And so that was the clientele she was used to cooking for. And then when she cooked for the folks who were eating at the soup kitchen at Ebenezer, she was just like, oh my gosh, you know, my ability to make really good food matters to these folks in a way that it doesn't matter to the people on the $500 business dinner. Um, and, you know, if you think about it in your own life, like, when you eat good food, like you feel better, you have more energy, you have a better attitude, you feel like you can do more. And who needs that more than the folks who are really, really struggling every day with wondering where they're going to sleep, if they're going to be safe at home, if the electricity is going to be turned off because they couldn't pay the bill this month. Um, so... It's also really hard because, I mean, it's true when it's cold, you know, from like Thanksgiving through Christmas, everyone wants to volunteer, everyone wants to help, everyone wants to donate a meal. And it's like, you know what, folks in our city who are hungry, they're hungry 365 days a year, not just during the seasons when we are feeling most aware of what we have and wanting to share that with others. The connection between our subscriber program and our outreach program from the very beginning has been that there's cost savings when you cook in bulk. So I always use chicken parmesan as my example that like if we're making chicken parmesan for 100 subscribing families, it's super easy. I mean, easy for our chefs to make chicken parmesan for 150 people and then you know, 100 portions go to the folks who pre-ordered and paid for it. And then with those extra 50 portions that we were able to make for the same price, like that goes into the outreach program. And in the beginning, when the outreach program was the only thing First Slice did before there were cafes or catering or all the things we do now, like it was absolutely this, you know, very clear relationship between things that were made for the outreach for the subscribers 
was the exact same food that was served in the outreach program. And as our partnerships have grown and the demographics have changed, you know, we've expanded our menu. But there still is this really strong connection between the subscriber program and the outreach program. So I kid you not, the youth uh, who were spending last night at the crib, which is the night ministry's overnight shelter for our homeless youth, ages 18 to 24, um, they had lobster mac and cheese as a side for their dinner, just like our subscribers had this week, you know. Hearing you explain it, Anne Louise, it's just like, that's the way the world is supposed to work. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, social enterprise is becoming more of um, a thing that you see more frequently and more even like buzz trendy. But hearing you describe it and seeing the way in which First Slice has kind of taken over like food, the most simplest <laughs> thing that everybody deserves good food, you know, human basic need and doing it for all in that way is just it's so inspiring to hear about. And you mentioned the crib. Can you tell us uh, more about the other outreach partners you work with? Yeah. So um, actually, our biggest outreach partner are the folks at Streetwise. Um, so five days a week, Monday to Friday, we provide a free hot meal for all the Streetwise vendors at their job training site in Uptown. So we cook the food um, and send it over there. And then they have this like little... Um, like cafeteria corner set up there so that when the vendors come in, um, either because they're going to pick up their newspapers and go out and sell them, or they're coming in to meet with a social worker to talk about getting access to health care, or even if they're coming in to do a resume writing workshop to kind of work on getting their next job, whenever they come in to participate in the program, they know that there's going to be a free, hot, restaurant-quality meal that they can have as somebody who's involved in that work readiness program that Streetwise runs. Um, we also partner with the Broadway Youth Center, which is a daytime drop-in program for street-based youth. Um, we partner with um, Epiphany UCC, which is around uh, Irving Park in Damon. Um, their building houses the Common Pantry, which is one of the longest running food banks um, in, on the north side of the city. And so uh, when the food pantry is open on Wednesday nights for folks to come shop at, um, the church also opens its doors and they provide a free hot meal, you know, with tablecloths and everything so that um, folks can like do their shopping and, you know, bring the family along and have dinner at the same time. Um, and then most recently, we've started partnering with uh, Lakeview Presbyterian Church, which runs a Monday to Friday uh, lunch program for low-income um, and sort of unstably housed senior citizens. Um, so we feed about, we provide them with about 100 meals a week. So People listening might be like, how do I support First Life <laughs> beyond being a subscriber or, you know, going to visit the cafe? Um, so we were going to ask you about the Empty Bowls fundraising event. Oh, and First Life opened so in um, Lil Street Art Center uh -huh. in 2005. And since that opening, you've partnered with Lil to do your Empty Bowls fundraising event. And this year's date 
which marks the 12th year of the event, is Friday, March 8th from 5 to 8 p.m. So plug for that. But tell us more about that benefit and what folks can expect from the event if they've never been. Oh, Empty Bowls is so much fun. And thank you for bringing it up. Um, So Empty Bowls is actually a nationwide project. So folks may have encountered it in other cities or, you know, oftentimes high schools or colleges will do them. Um, so this is, a, again, a way for people to, um, help battle hunger in our country. So, um, in our partnership, it's the ceramic artists, the students, all the potters at Lil Street, um, they throw these handmade ceramic bowls and donate them to our fundraiser. Um, we make a bunch of soup, a lot of soup, um, and every year, it's funny, we have to, like, decide what flavors we're making this week. But, um, you know, we have soups for omnivores and vegans and vegetarians and folks who can't have gluten. Um, so we make a lot of soup. And then folks come into the fundraiser. Um, you pay $25 to come in. And for that price, you get to pick the bowl that you love the most out of these hundreds of beautiful handmade bowls that are set out. Um, and then you can have as much soup and bread. Um, but really it's about the soup. You can have as much soup as you want that night. Um, and then at the end of the night, we wash out your bowl for you and you take it home. And for the rest of the year, when you pull that bowl down to have cereal or soup or ice cream at home, um, it's a tangible reminder about all the empty bowls that you are helping us to fill throughout the course of the year. It's super fun. My no first, pun intended. Oh, it's super okay. fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say my first slice bowl from um, last year has housed now a lot of guacamole. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned, um, you know, folks wanting to give and volunteer, you know, during the holidays. Um, but can you tell us more about your volunteer program and, and how folks can volunteer? Um, are there other ways to support First Slice in that way? Well, if you go to our website, which is like so, you know, 1990s, but oh well. If you go to our website, which is firstslice.org, there's a little tab at the top of the page that says volunteer. You can click on that and fill out a form indicating that you are interested in volunteering with us. Um, and there are lots of ways that people can get involved. So for example, um, you can volunteer to help serve dinner at the crib. Um, you have to be over 25 to do that, but, um, and it's a, a later night service project on a weeknight, so it doesn't work for everyone's schedules, but, um, you can help serve meals. You can help us haul food around. Um, sometimes we have volunteer opportunities for folks in the cafe. Folks can absolutely volunteer and help with empty bowls. Um, we embrace volunteers to help us run our farmer's market stand at the Andersonville Farmer's Market in the summer. And, um, you know, part of the way we are able to do what we do at First Slice is that we intentionally have a very lean organizational structure, um, which means we're small and mighty. And um, I, for one, do like 3,005 things. Um, but it also means that we don't, like, we don't have a PR and marketing department. We don't have 
um, an IT department. Um, so we do have lots of opportunities if people want to volunteer and help us with some of those critical pieces that I that I hear can help an organization <laughs> flourish if you have time to put some more attention to them. I mean, what can I say? You know, First Slice opened its first location like right before the crash of 2008. And not only did we make it through that, but we've grown and grown and grown. So I guess we're doing something right, even though most days I feel like we're never getting to the bottom of the to-do list. Well, just recently, um, unfortunately, First Slice experienced two burglaries. And um, <laughs> bad yes. people. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, First Slice, you were really public about it, just saying, you know, when you steal from us, this is who you're stealing from. This is our story. You were quoted to say, we're going to be fine. We're going to keep doing what the world needs can you reflect to us a little bit just more about that experience and maybe how your customers responded, how your staff is doing? Now you're going to make me cry, but nobody can see that because we're on the radio. Um, you know, that was so hard. Um, the first burglary happened when we were closed for Thanksgiving, which is the only time of the entire year when First Slice is closed and everyone gets a chance to rest. It's like the only two days of the year that we all get to be, to take a break. Um, and so we ended it on this amazing high. We sold more pies than we have ever sold. It was like, you know, customers were tipping like mad. Everybody was working so hard and everything was going so great. And we just ended on a great high note and, uh, did tequila shots before we sent everyone home to have a great Thanksgiving break. Only then somebody literally chose to break in like and break down our door and steal our safe and take our money. So it was a real roller coaster experience of like being so happy and so tired and then so, so sad because, you know, not only did they take our money and, you know, take proceeds that would help run our outreach program. But it was also, you know, our bakers had been busting their butts for so long. And like, you know, I walked in the kitchen after Thanksgiving and like nobody wanted to look me in the face because everyone was just so crushed. So that was awful. Um, but we did decide to be really public about it and to let our community know, like, not only that this happened, but also that we needed some love and support. And the community was so fabulous. I mean, absolutely here in Andersonville. Um, but it was also so sweet as I like moved around the first slice little universe, my little Pylandia route that I travel. You know, people um, at, at other events and at other cafes would say, oh my gosh, I heard what happened. You know, we're going to come in and... Um, I mean, our staff, <laughs> you know, I, I don't recommend it as a team building exercise, but um, I mean, everyone did really pull together and found the positives and um, our customers were great. Our community was great. Um, you know, folks would like walk in off the street and they'd like put $20 in the tip jar and then just like turn and walk out the door. Um, so... 
Yeah, haters gonna hate, I guess burglars gonna steal, and uh, dang it, First Slice is gonna keep making pie and feeding folks who need to be fed. Thanks for sharing that story with us. And your staff is just, I mean, they're remarkable. They really put a smile on my face every time I'm in there. And I always have to shout out to Theo because my kid's name is Theo. And every time I see Theo, Theo's like, say hi to Theo. Hey, from Theo. (laughs) And we've got a little thing going. (laughs) But they're all just amazing. When you walk in there, you can feel the, the culture and the vibe is really contagious. I have to say, I am so, I am so impressed with our staff every day. I mean, they just like wrap themselves up in the mantle of what it means to be first slice and carry it out in ways that that astound me. Like I know when the uh when the polar vortex was descending upon us the other week, um, you know, I walked into the cafe and one of the baristas had gone online and printed out the list of all the warming centers that were being opened up around the city and had it right there at the counter as a reference tool so that if, you know, as our homeless regulars came in, um, that staff would be equipped to let them know like where they could go and, you know, how they could stay warm during, during that really cold spell. Well, Anne Louise, now we've reached the point in our show when we ask our guests, which Andersonville business they would like to trade places with for a day. (laughs) Oh, that was not a laugh track. That, wow. was, your, that was the real laugh. <laughs> that was great. Oh, gosh. Uh, women and children first. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's never I'd never thought of that before. Yeah. You know, it is funny. Um, I mean, I've been a huge fan of women and children first uh, ever since I moved to the city. Um, I think I knew about it before we moved here, and so we made a point of seeking it out. Um, but that's also buried. That's in my deep, dark, pre-internet past, so you can't find it when you Google me. But that was my... F- to go to the microfiche in the library. Exactly. <laughs> that was my first uh, job out of college was I ended up working as a bookstore manager for five years. Um, And it is kind of funny. There are these weird parallels between the industries, right? Because like when you run a bookstore and you're hiring people who want to work there, it's like they have this idea of what it's like to work in a bookstore that comes from like, I don't know, watching episodes of, you know, some sitcom or something like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sit around and read new books and have intellectually stimulating conversations with people about the great things they're reading you know and it's like no you're going to be lifting 50 pound boxes of harlequin romances and like chasing the small children away from the magazines that they shouldn't be looking at you know it's kind of the same in the like cafe world right like oh i'm going to sip exquisitely crafted beverages and you know thrill my customers with my hand-selected playlist and, you know, never have to take out the trash or <laughs> wash a dish. So We sometimes ask people on the podcast, what would you pass on to somebody <laughs> <laughs> younger, you know, thinking about leave opening a, a business a colorful life. or becoming Run! an entrepreneur? And Run! I feel like... I feel Run like I away. just had to frame your question or frame your answer by asking that question because I feel like it was your answer to that question. Yeah. Well, I do think um, 
you know, Mary Ellen often says, she's like, yeah, I, as a kid, like she, she always was interested in food and I think probably always knew she wanted to be a chef. She's like, yeah, I, I never imagined myself, you know, like having this little chain of coffee shops and, um, you know, to folks who've, yeah, watched my interesting, uh, career development, um, yeah, it is so much work. It is so much work to run a small business. Um, and it's so hard to run a food business in this day and age. Um, it is really tricky. So um, it's probably my favorite line from Hamilton. Immigrants, we get the job done. And they are cooking for you in every single restaurant across this city, across this country. Um, you know, First Slice has a, it's like one of our, you know, inside stories is that um, our executive chef, who is now over the entire back of house operations, he actually met Mary Ellen, our founder, um, when he was... 18, so 20 plus years ago, and washing dishes in a kitchen um, in a restaurant downtown, and perhaps had arrived here as a young person without all of his appropriate paperwork in order. Um, and she saw his work ethic and his dedication. And when she left that restaurant said, Hey, why don't you come with me? So we we have this core of folks in our back of house who have been working with Mary Ellen or worked with Mary Ellen and now have been at First Slice um, since before the beginning. And, um, you know, there is huge uh, immigrant justice work that can be carried out by restaurants as well. I have never seen harder working, more committed, more ethical folks than every person from Ecuador and Mexico and uh, Costa Rica that we have working in our kitchens. Well, thank you, Anne Louise, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about First Slice, please visit firstslice.org. Show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast, is engineered and edited by Andy Miles in Studio C at Transistor, a gallery, shop, performance, recording, and teaching space located at 5224 North Clark Street. Have your own podcast idea? The studio is available to rent. Please call 872-208-5877 or stop by the store for details.